Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, 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 this is another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. And oh my gosh, you are going to love my guest today. So I actually, this is Monica Bijou, and I actually Facebook friended her. And then I went to her page and I'm like, oh, good hell. Like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, you need to be on my podcast. And she goes, okay, you need to be on mine. <laughs> so, so we're doing a podcast swap. But I've had the chance to talk to Monica and heard her story and the power she brings and the wisdom she brings. So I'm so excited to have you here, Monica. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you for that. It, it is truly my pleasure. Awesome. So, so tell us what you do today because you have such a crazy, amazing career. Oh my gosh. And you have a wonderful business today. So, so what is it that you do today and what do you love about it? Yes. So my, my, I have my own business, but I'm also an officer in the military, mm. uh, serving as a mental health therapist as a, um, working with trauma. And then for my business, I help high achievers, especially military veterans become entrepreneurs by taking their ideas and turn them to thr thriving and successful business. And I'm a podcast host, as you mentioned, I'm a best-selling author, a international speaker and trainer, and uh, a couple other things. <laughs> so and, and, and what I love about all those things is the fact that I get to help a person move forward in their life. Yeah. You know, I know from my own story, own journey that I've had obstacles, people have come along and attempted to get me off of that track. And so for me, I feel like my purpose, not feel I know my divine purpose is to really help people get unstuck and okay. give them that sense of hope that you can do it mm -hmm. and you be, you can become anything that you put your mind to. So that is what I love about my business is giving people that inspiration and hope that they right. can do their own thing. That's why yes. you and I are very similar in that, right? I, I was a therapist as well. So when I, when we found each other, it was like, oh my gosh, sister by another mother, right? Like exactly. totally, totally. So exactly. how did you, you're, can we just say you're a little smidge of an overachiever? Like you have, <laughs> you have kind of a lot that you do. So, so how, how did you get to be both an officer and an entrepreneur and just figure like, how, what, what was that journey? Did you start out being like, I know I'm going to do this. Did people encourage you? Like how in the world did that go? No, it, it all started honestly, where I always knew that I wanted to be a therapist, a counselor, because I've okay. had a rough life um, mm -hmm. filled with a lot of abuse and different things, homelessness. And I just had a passion that I want to make sure that people didn't go through what I went through. Yeah. That was my initial thing, like to be a therapist. and. I, I didn't know how that was going to happen. And I kept getting this spiritual download because I'm very spiritual. And it was like, I could not get peace around it that I was supposed to go into the military. 
I'm like, uh, no, obviously you got the wrong person. (laughs) I mean, by this time I'm in my thirties and I was getting my master's in human resources Mm -hmm. uh, and it just became this nagging feeling. And, and finally, when I rendered to it, I end up commissioning and coming in the military at the age of 37. I was 35. Well, actually earlier than 35 when it started, but I remember calling the recruiter and saying, I'm 35, right? So that is not too old. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I actually was hoping that they yeah. said yes. And they were like, oh, no, what are you coming in as? And I said, uh, therapist. And they go, oh, it's 42. I'm like, no. So <laughs> that started the military journey. Um, and before I came in, I was actually working as a business coach, really helping using my human resource degree and helping businesses become successful, helping them organize because I love organization, helping okay. them organize, taking their ideas, turn it into something that's going to be great for them. And then when I commissioned in the military, I had to take off that there, that business coaching hat Mm -hmm. because you can't be an officer and have your own business. However, once I came in and I started working with individuals, I was seeing how when they were getting ready to transition, Mm -hmm. they were struggling because their uniform and their rank identified them. But you get out of the military, you don't have that identification anymore. So I found myself now putting back on the business hat, you know, the coaching hat, taking off the therapy hat because you can't mix the two and helping them now find their purpose, discover what they wanted to do and get into that mode. And so that's how the two, my, I I actually talked about my two loves collided because it's a win-win for me to see people be successful in their life as well as in their business. And so it just became a no brainer. So when you do something you love, it doesn't seem like it's work. Oh, that's so true. I love that. But let's go back. You know, I'm I, I like to go back to the backstory. You just rushed over, yeah, homelessness, <laughs> abuse, hard, and, and we're not here to like, you know, rub salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. But a person that has, like, here's here's the paradox: a person that had that background does generally not end up as an officer with advanced degrees. So, what was it in you? How did you persevere? Like, like, and not that everybody listening to this is homeless. Right. But everybody's had their struggles. We've all had Mm -hmm. our personal traumas, whatever that is. And so having both been a victim of trauma and now serving people with trauma, how, how, what are, how do people get out of letting their history not be the thing that defines them? You know, honestly, it's uh, like, I actually literally just wrote an email about this where I, you know, a first grader saved my life. and And I was talking about my father. Because my dad had never got past first grade. And when my mother put me out, like a week went by, I was staying with a friend and just attempting to figure out my way. I finally got in touch with my dad Mm -hmm. and he sent for me to go back to Louisiana. But the Mm -hmm. thing about it that I thought was so impressionable, even though my dad didn't have any education, he knew that I needed to be at a school Mm -hmm. that would, I'm going to say was a divine intervention. He ended up putting me in a college preparatory high school. And what was great about that, I was growing, I grew up being told I was stupid, dumb, ugly, um, just like all the negative things. But I realized when people say those things to you, they're talking from their own, their own truth about themselves because they don't feel like they deserve or will be. So you give what you have inside. Mm -hmm. And when I got to, and I, and I was super smart, I always was smart. Stuff came to me very easily. And so when my father, he could have picked any kind, any school he wanted, but he knew to put me in this school. It was the type of school that if you got below a C, you got put out. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. And so it was that. Yes, very much so. And for me, I mean, it was simple and easy, but I had teachers that pushed you. But it was like weird because when my mother put me out, I remember her telling me where not to go. Like, don't go by so-and-so's house. And for some reason, I got this sense and I looked at her. I remember I was looking at, you know, we were down the stairs and I looked at her and I was like, lady, you can't tell me what to do. I, you put me out and it was weird I, with my trash bag of clothes, mind you, you know, like I how, old were you? how old were you? When she I was 15. Out? I was 15. No. And so wow. I have a little trash bag of clothes and went trumping. It was dark outside too. And so when my father sent for me, I felt like this huge, I found who I was. I found myself because I was at a school where there was people that played sports, but they were smart. And then Mm -hmm. I had people that was just smart and they were just in the books. And so I was able to find my balance because it didn't matter if you, you you didn't have to worry about jocks or nerds or any of that because we all were nerds. We we (laughs) all had A's and B's and then we all, you know, and the ones who played sports, we played sports. And so I literally was able to spend time like knowing who I was and what I didn't like. And of course there was some more stuff that happened after that when my mother sent back for me, but because I got pregnant at 16, had my daughter at 17. Mm. So more journey to all that. However, my daughter was the next person that saved me because I was determined to show her that you don't have to let life dictate your past to dictate who you're going to become. So I went, got my undergrad. I graduated at 30 to prove to her Mm -hmm. that she can become something. And so that was, you know, the story of how I like just persevered. I had other people were my encouraging and it's the ones that you least expect it to be but that's those were the ones that kept me motivated oh my god so I so I hear a couple things I hear um divine intervention a lot in a lot of your stories and you know that's I teach that and that's the thing we have to know is that God's always got us there's always there's always even in what seems like oh my god I'm homeless I'm kicked out to a 15 year old that could have been you could have been shot you could have gotten into prostitution you could have just you know what I mean? The path was not looking good. And yet your father had exactly. the wisdom. Oh my God. That is that. I got the chills when you say that. And Absolutely. yet. Exactly. And yet, and yet. Now, how did you, if people were telling you were stupid and it's like, it's like there was the mom's home and then the new place with dad. How did you not succumb to the bullying? How did you go? That is not me. Yeah. That's, that's like, cause you said I learned who I was, but how did you not take in you were rejected by your mother. You were bullied. Like, cause I think you're kind of like a superhero and you maybe do this naturally. So let's kind of dissect it. How do you not let people define you? Well, one of the biggest things is that I, I, what I had to do was step outside of myself and look at mm-hmm. my mother and okay. realize that her, cause we, my mom left us. So there's so many layers to my story. <laughs> she left myself, myself and my siblings at the age when I was four years old to go to California and she left us with our her her mother, our grandmother. Okay. And she was a very abusive woman. So I had to, I realized, hey, this is was your mother, and this is the life that you had to live. So of course, you can only give me what you have inside. Right. And so right. that's one of the things that I realized that it wasn't my truth, it was her truth that she was speaking. Wow. And it took it. I, I did go through insecurities and, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I never really allowed myself to get stuck in low self-esteem because I was too busy doing, mm-hmm. like I had my daughter so young, mm-hmm. the focus was on her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I often tell people, you know, other society's going to tell you what they think you're going to become, but only you can decide what that is. 
you know, hold on, so hold on, hold on. that's like, if I had a mic, I would, I would do a mic drop moment. <laughs> so see, I feel, again, I just want to slow this down because you just, you just, you, you're, <laughs> you're a unicorn. <laughs> like missing, not everybody thinks this way. You and I've been therapists for years. Not everybody thinks this way. Right. And so I just love that you're such an example of, you don't have to be defined by either your own trauma or generational trauma. You, you saw it like crazy that mm-hmm. at a young age, you were able to discern like, whoa, that is, it. I'm just going to let that stuff fly by. It is not even about me. I mean, you were a victim of it, but you didn't make it a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> I think what really helped me too, is that I had a father, even though like my father was um, like, I didn't live with him. I didn't grow up with him because my mother um, split away from my father, but he was one that I, I realized I took a lot of his personality. Like oh. he never said, ever said anything negative about my mother. Like no matter what she did, he would yeah. say, that's your mother. And I would like, but yeah, that was your wife. And he'd be like, <laughs> you know, case closed, case closed. <laughs> and then we move on. And right. that was, I think the piece that really was that balance that I didn't have someone that continue to berate it and put salt in the wound and that that kind of thing. It was more like, okay, it happened. What do we do about it? And that has been the attitude that I've always taken. And the one that I've taught my daughter, okay, it happened. We can stay stuck in talking about it or we can say, okay, it happened. How do we prevent it from moving, happening Mm. again and move forward? So after a while, when I just was able to take the scales off and especially when I got away from her, I was able to see exactly who the person my mother was mm-hmm. and understanding that she's got a lot of hurt, a lot of pain that she never got help for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we both know finding a therapist is it's, it is difficult mm-hmm. to find that right one right. that right. really can, you can resonate with when you have that level of trauma. Yeah. So I, I feel like I was just super lucky that I had a father that I can look at and say, this is a man, even though he didn't have even a first grade education, he taught himself how to write enough to be able to pay his bills and was a hard worker and had these strong ethics. And that for me was the example that I need. So it's not a person who's Ah. making millions of dollars. It's a person who treats the next person like they're somebody special. Sounds like you got your values from him. Like it sounds like he's solid with his values. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the resiliency studies, like, like, look at Oprah and you're like Oprah in my world, like Oprah with oh, what she you. went through, the path should not have been, but there was a person on the outside. Exactly. You know, it's like when you've got somebody else beyond the immediate family. And, and so let's just extrapolate that today. If you're, if you're having a challenge, who, who can re- give you the hand up? You know, is it a mentor? Mm-hmm. Is it a best friend? Is it a, is it, so, you know, so, it, so just, you are an example of, Sometimes it just takes that one person just to go, I see you. I see. And I'm just like, I'm just going to cry for your father to just go. Nope. You are college prep material. Oh my God. Is he alive? Yeah. No, he passed away. Yeah. No, he passed away. I was actually in Germany and flew Mm. down and, and it's been four years now. Mm. Um, but actually longer than that. Cause I just try to not to think about how long it's been, but cause he's still right there with me all the time. And Uh, yeah, that's a whole nother story right there. But yeah, yeah, he's just always been that person that is my, he's been, I can like people often said, oh my gosh, who are you talking to your best friend? I'm like, no, I'm talking to my dad. My mother, even one time was like, I was taking care of her. Um, and I was on the phone talking to my dad, cleaning her house. And she's like, who are you talking to? You guys over there just giggling. I go, I'm talking to my dad. And she was like, oh, like, cause her and I never had that kind of relationship, but 
even his best friend said that he sit on the, on the, they can tell when he's talking to me because just he just like sit that. there and he's laughing and we yeah. just have a good time and just joke about any and everything. And it was just great. So I always said that he was, you know, we're like two peas in a pod what and it's blessing. just like, we're good. Yeah. So. Oh, that makes me happy. That really makes me happy. Yeah. yeah I was going to hug him. I'm like, oh, give that man a hug. So <laughs> do that in spirit world. So yes. <laughs> what, what drives you today? Cause, cause you have the military career, you're, you have a full time, you're, you do that. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the coaching. So, mm-hmm. so what drives you, Monica, to keep going? Like, cause. Seeing people win, literally that's what, like when I would like from a therapist standpoint, when I get to sleep good at night, because I know that I've helped somebody who's been mm-hmm. struggling with trauma for years and it's not just combat trauma, but trauma from being sexually abused or childhood abuse or dealing with it where it becomes complex and they've seen therapists for years and no one has been able to help them and their family comes back and tell me, thank you. That what keeps me going. Or if one of my business coach or clients that'll say, oh my gosh, I haven't slept in like days because I'm struggling about who, what path I want to take or what's my messaging or people are telling me I need to do this, this and that. I have no idea where I'm supposed to get started. And we're just on the phone for a couple hours and get them like right. just getting them on the so, right path. Yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, I slept for hours. Cause Monica just, I just spent a couple hours talking to her. That makes, keeps me going. Yeah. Helping people grow and develop. is my inspiration. Love it. And you just start doing for them what my dad did for me. Oh, Put me on the right oh, path. The legacy, the legacy. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. So if somebody is feeling like, I know there's more for me. I'm doing, I have a business. I just, it's just, it's me that's in the way because it's always us that's in the way, right? It's just, ah, I, what would you tell them? What advice do you have for people? Most definitely. So one of the biggest huge things is to one, discover, uh, like if, if they're dealing with limiting beliefs in this recorder, because usually when you're stuck, right, it's because you're hearing those voices that are yeah. telling you that you're not going to be anything. You're not good enough. I'm like, take the, t- the tape recorder that's playing in your head and press stop, okay. hit rewind and re-record okay. your new message. Nice. Do a list of, of all your, the, you know, if we can talk, you know, say this word, but your badass list, your BAM yeah, list, yeah. write the list, a list of all the things that you've accomplished and do it from a task place. Because most times when we've gone through something, we don't feel like we're good enough. But when you're writing a task list for somebody else, you're able to say, oh my gosh, you're a star. You got this, you've done this, you've done this. And then that way you can go back whenever you're feeling that moment of discouragement, you can go look at this list and go, oh my gosh, I've accomplished that. And I still have to do that. I mean, no matter how much stuff that I've accomplished, I hear people reading my bio and I'm just waiting for the, looking for the person that they're talking about. And then they come on my, Oh, that was me. Oh, or when I have to write my bio for something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did do all that. And Holy it's because yeah. I do it from a place of what else do I, I'm working on to help my clients yeah. take it to the next level. Yeah. So my growth is not for me. It's not a win for me. It's a win for my client. Mm-hmm. And so you don't take and tally all that. Mm-hmm. You just do. <laughs> so yeah, that's the part that's crazy. Like I don't, I don't chase accolades. I chase Ooh, this can help my client with exactly. so-and-so. I got it. I got <laughs> so. it. I got it. You are. Yes. Very, very. You lead with your heart. So I'd imagine people are listening to this going like I did. Oh my God, this woman is so cool. Where do they find you? Yes. So actually they can find me in multiple places. Like I would say like my website is designed to be like a place where you can find everything. My podcast, 
how to sign up as a guest, um, how to work with me, how to find me on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. So it's mm-hmm. www.decide2move. And I, I'm sure you're going to put oh, it in the yeah, um, show notes, but yeah. decide2move.com. That is like one of the best places to reach me. It also has links for freebies. It has everything. So then that way it makes it easier for them not to search all over the place. Exactly. Perfect. Decide to move.com. And I just want you to like take a moment and kind of tap in. Is there any last word? There's any bit of wisdom? Like, like, like if, if there's one last, you know, Monica shot that you could give them, what would it be? It would be, you can either be a product of your environment or a fruit of your labor. You decide. And I would say decide to move. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'd like have total goosebumps. Um, you, you, Missy, we're not done because I want to hang with you more. Like you're just my people. <laughs> so thank th- you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing yourself. And I, and I know the people are going to be blessed listening to this. And um, so make sure you follow Monica and decide to move. Like that's a lot of it, like just decisions, you know, and I love bringing women on that have had crazy circumstances. Like I wasn't kicked out of 15 right? Like a lot of people haven't endured what you've had to endure. And yet look at the lightness of your spirit. Look at the work you do. Look at your heart. Look at your, like, this is, I want to show people the way, like, see, this is possible. We, we were not born with silver spoons. We didn't get the easy life. We decided to move and we overcame. And so here we are. And so you are just a, just exactly. a magnificent example of that. And I just, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And mwah, deep uh, thank you, you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Bye now. Bye. Hey, this is Therese, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you. We'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.